0: Hey guys, it's Chris Paddock here with Lake Elsinore Storm. I'm listening to the Working the Count podcast. Thank y'all. Hi, this is Angela.
1: Hi, and this is Roy. Welcome back to a long awaited episode of the Working the Count podcast.
0: You thought we were gone, didn't you?
1: No, you can't get rid of us that easy.
0: (laughs) We're around.
1: We've been around. uh, You've
0: been around.
1: What are you trying to say?
0: (laughs) You and your boyfriend. What? I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, Donovan and I have been recording a ton of podcasts lately. exactly what
0: I was talking about. And you and
1: Lee (laughs) have been doing your thing. And in the meantime, we just haven't found time in between to do our thing. But today, all of a sudden, you got inspired.
0: Yeah, we were were eating our dinner and, and I said, we need to record. Uh-huh. And you just kind of looked at me. You didn't ask questions. You normally don't because you know if I all of a sudden just break out with something I need to talk about that it's got to be good. Oh yeah. Well, I was I was just inspired because I was I was on Twitter. Uh-huh.
1: That that is always trouble. Uh, Usually.
0: I no comment. Um you actually brought up to me a tweet that Bernie Wilson had put out. Would you like to t- tell me about that or tell everybody about that?
1: Oh, that Ron Fowler had gone into the Padres Clubhouse? Right. Yeah, there was no additional information. Nope. I haven't seen any news about what what he went down there to say right. or anything. He might have just been going down there to check in with his guys. Well, we don't know what kind of owner
0: And when you said he that, I was like, well, okay, who did you get this information from? Because on Twitter... You could get this from anybody; they could be making something up. But when you send when you said Bernie Wilson, I was like, "Oh, this is legit." Okay, he's cool. been
1: he's been the most impartial media representative that I've seen, mm-hmm. and some of the guys that are like AJ Casavell; he's a beat writer, he writes for MLB.com. dot com, so he has a vested interest in presenting the team in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Bernie Wilson works for the Associated Press, so I don't wants think to he get has to the,
0: the Part of it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cut to the chase.
1: And he's also been around for a long time. So he knows how to ask the proper kind of leading questions, as we saw with the Ian Kinsler situation the other day.
0: And this is exactly why I asked who said that. Mm-hmm. Because it reminded me of the other night. So as I, as, as I was reading the comments to Bernie's post, um, it just reminded me of the other night with Ian Kinsler, where I know that Bernie was one of the ones that asked the questions after the game, but it was where, you know, Ian said, you know it better than me, so I'll let you go ahead and rephrase.
1: Well, Bernie asked Ian, uh, like, what he said. No, no, the
0: incident, right.
1: Oh, yeah, where he-
0: Because you saw it first, I didn't see it. Yes,
1: I saw it as it happened. I saw
0: it. At the replay.
1: And it, I saw it. I was like, wait, did I just see what I think I saw? Right, and that's when so you caught
0: my attention. He <laughs> stepped
1: on home plate, and I saw him shout something out. Mm-hmm. And then it looked like he said, F all of you. And then he high-fived Hosmer and uh, Austin Hedges. Mm-hmm. And then it looked like he said, F you, F all of you, with a two-armed gesture. In the dugout. Up toward the fans. No, this was... On the field of play.
0: So you're saying F you instead of the actual word. Does that mean I'm not allowed to say that?
1: No, you can go for it.
0: I'm not going to say it if you're not.
1: Okay. And then after he got down into the dugout, um, they've got the the camera inside the yeah, dugout. And I saw I know, that. I don't know if that was what Bob Scalen tweeted out and then they asked him pull it down or what. But anyway, uh, over by the bat rack, somebody was saying something. And I think Ian said something along the lines of, I don't care. Uh, F every single one of those mother effers
0: And it was replayed and replayed And Twitter just blew up
1: Well, and not just Twitter But the national media too and it was I on. I
0: didn't see any of that. It was on
1: CBS Sports. It was on Yahoo but in, Sports.
0: Instantaneous, like it happened on TV, and all of a sudden, boom, there it was. Oh yeah,
1: there were at least a half dozen people that had the same reaction that I did. Of did I just see what I think I just said? Did mm-hmm. Ian Kinsler really say this? Yeah. And the fact that everybody kind of unanimously saw the same thing. I mean, come on, what's it got to be? So then, afterwards, when Bernie was talking to him, and. He asked him what he said. He didn't back down from it at all. Bernie asked him, were F-bombs involved? And he he said, yeah, probably yeah, a bunch of them.
0: Until it got to the point where he was asked, and I think it was Bernie, that said, was that basically, and I'm, I don't know the exact wording, but was that directed towards, the or the fans think it was directed towards them? And he took a long pause and said, okay. Okay? Yeah. That's your answer? Okay?
1: Yeah. And the- he, it was
0: like an okay, like, I don't I don't care.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so what's your point?
0: Exactly. And I was just, when I saw the post-game show and um, Scan was, I think he interviewed uh, Fran Mill. Yes. I really thought that he was going to interview Kinsler, but I guess it made sense that he wouldn't be interviewed until he was in the clubhouse.
1: Well, the team probably said, you will not be talking to Ian Kinsler.
0: Right, right. Especially not at the field where the fans are, and he's gotten them really pissed off. Oh, yeah. And so that interview felt like an eternity to me, even though it was a few minutes, because I just sat here kind of with my mouth wide open, like, am I really hearing what I'm hearing right now? Uh Uh-huh. And that, as a fan, really bothered me. But then, like, Friar Gal, Amy... She pointed out she was at the game. I guess she was sitting there at the dugout. And fans were heckling him the whole time.
1: Okay, that's fine. Yeah,
0: and I totally get it.
1: But fans heckle players everywhere.
0: Right, because he they do played don't half have any- of
1: last season in Boston.
0: Yeah, well, that's because some fans have no common sense and forget the fact that we're human beings. And, you know, I want to say to these people, I want to see you grab that bat, come up to the plate, and you try and hit that ball every time you come up to bat. I want to see you do that.
1: I understand.
0: And then, you know, but I also get the fact that Ian Kinsler is human. Did he handle the situation well? I think he could have handled it better. But if the shoe was on the other foot, I probably would have reacted the same as him. Just because I can be a hothead, depending. But it sounded like he was just egged on and egged on and egged on for a while. And it led up to that.
1: He's been in the league for, what, 15 years now? Well, yeah, I know. He's been playing baseball for a long time. Now, granted, the majority of his career, he was one of the better players at his position in the league. But the last few years, he's clearly been in decline. He was in Detroit. He was in Boston. And he played his whole career in the American League until now. So he's been to... all up and down the East Coast, where the fans are notoriously rough. Mm -hmm. He's been heckled by some of the worst fan bases out there. So you
0: think that he came here and it's okay for him to lash out at Padres fans because we suck and that makes it better?
1: If anything, Padres fans suck at heckling players. (laughs) Seriously. Go into a place like Philadelphia, Baltimore, uh, New York, Boston, and the fan bases can be acidic. They can be... Very brutal. In fact, I so there was a story. Uh, uh, Trevor Bauer does a lot of things yeah. with social media, and he's very clever. So it was him and Jason Kipnis sitting there eating dinner and having a conversation. Where were they? And what's that?
0: Were they in Cleveland?
1: I, I, it was at somebody's house. Oh, okay. This is just a casual setting. Okay, okay. And Kipnis is telling the story, and he's in Boston, and he hears this little voice. He's like on the on deck circle, and he hears this voice behind him saying, hey, Kip. And he ignores it. And he keeps hearing this, hey, Kip, hey, Kip. He ignores it. Ignores it. Finally, he turns around and there's this sweet looking little eight year old boy and he says, F you! <gasps> gives him the finger. And then the whole stands around him, they all erupt and people are high fiving him. What? And he's telling this whole story.
0: Encouraging this kid.
1: Encouraging the kid. Yeah. Padres fans are as vanilla uh, as it comes as far as heckling players. Yeah, they get on players when they're not doing well, but it's it's so much worse in so many other places. Well,
0: I, yeah, I know. Even just seeing things where you see people mentioning like physical harm to a player. Oh yeah, because they're not. Whoa, that just crosses the line. Yeah. At some point, they we have all forgotten about the fact that this is somebody's son. This could be somebody's husband. This is somebody, you know, we forget, I feel, in sports in general, I know baseball the best. But I know what happens everywhere. We forget about the fact that that's their job. They're doing their job. I'm not going to come to your place of work. And I think you said this the other day. I'm not going to come to your place of work and say, hey, this is what you should do. And I don't even work there.
1: Well, because I saw there were all kinds of reactions all over Twitter. Mm -hmm. And... My opinion was that whatever was coming out of the stands, that doesn't give him a free license to blurt out uh, obscenities at the stands. Mm -mm. So if I'm working at a restaurant and I've got just horrible customers and my manager is a jerk and all of this, uh, but I'm a gainfully employed worker there and I don't want to lose my job, I can't just walk into the middle of the restaurant and say, F you all.
0: Well, you- could and you could walk out and not have a job well,
1: yeah that's what people do when they quit yeah when they want to blow the place up they want to right. quit walmart and they got on the speaker and they tell the whole the whole supermarket that their is a uh, you know this that's what people do when they want to quit right that's not what you do when you're what a month and a half in to the first year of a two-year contract He's getting paid $8 million mm-hmm. over the next two years, regardless of how bad he is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, I feel like we're entering in, well, we're already into Chase Headley territory where we were last year. Chase Headley had like $13 million left on his contract, comes to San Diego, stinks up the joint for a month and a half, and they cut him. But that doesn't mean that they're off the hook for the salary. They paid him for the rest of his salary. Now, Chase Headley is a consummate professional. He never complained. He never said a bad thing to anybody. We don't know what happened behind closed doors.
0: I, but the thing is, is that he knew he had to know he wasn't doing good.
1: Well, you think Ian Kinsler knows he's not doing well? And
0: that's the same. That was what I was going to say. Yeah. I'm sure for him, because we all handle things differently, it got to a point where he just couldn't handle it anymore. Like, I know I suck. Yeah. And you're sitting here telling me I suck over and over and over. It's like poking the bear.
1: And then you finally does something good.
0: Yes. But even if he didn't say the F word, the middle finger says the same thing. He didn't
1: say a middle. He didn't do a middle finger, though.
0: I thought he did when he put up his hands.
1: I saw. No, what I saw was uh, with his hands open, he kind of gestured out toward them. Like,
0: clearly I don't know. Directing. People are posting it. And I was under the when they're posting it. To me, it seemed like they were posting it because that's what he was doing. Uh, kind of like the thing with Matt Strom in the dugout mm-hmm. and they took off his fingers and made it a middle finger. <laughs> yeah,
1: because he was saying that's two with two fingers yes. out and they photoshopped one out. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, although that's, I mean, that's... that's that's
0: Matt would never do that. That's but, grade
1: school stuff, but it's yeah. funny because that's... Padre's Twitter has a toilet humor. Uh, But regardless... He's been a a professional for a long time in the league. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to know better. Yeah. He was brought over to the Padres to play second base, hopefully contribute at the plate. And it wasn't
0: even supposed to be like he wasn't supposed to play every day. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well when they signed him
0: it was temporary it there, was, there to be. was no
1: manny machado at the time right and they didn't know that fernando tatis was going to make the opening day roster mm-hmm. the th- general thought was maybe fernando would come up mid-season mm-hmm. and we don't know when luis Arias is going to come up but he's played some short stops so maybe it'll be Arias breaks camp with the team since he was up last year maybe Arias breaks camp with the team kinsler's at second base you've got Ty France or whoever at third, and then when Tatis comes up, then you, know, you move pieces around. Machado wasn't even a part of the plan at the time. Yeah, and the stories that I've heard, it sounds like the decision to sign Machado kind of came from frustration in trying to acquire other players by trade, and finally they just one night they said, F it, let's get Machado." Um, which is the most amazing thing that's happened in recent memory because the Padres just don't do that kind of stuff. But anyway, he was brought on to be a good player every day at the start of the season as a backup player later in the year, but to be a veteran and to help lead the kids and show them what it takes to be a professional in Major League Baseball. And going out on the field and yelling at the fans and screaming out obscenities at him is not acceptable in any, I, I can't think of another time that a player in any sport has done has said what why, he said.
0: That's before I even told you what I wanted to talk about right now, that's why I was looking at videos.
1: So the closest thing I can think of <clears throat> is the Yasiel Puig yep. clip that you saw. Yep. Where he hits a home run as he's running off, two middle fingers to the stance, but that was in a visiting ballpark.
0: Yes, and the middle finger – would you agree or disagree that the middle finger is saying F you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that Ian actually did that and said it. Well, regardless – Because I was like – no. Doing both is like, oh, my God. I mean doing one or the other is one thing.
1: To me, it's the same intent (laughs) either way. Whether you say it or – the gesture you can see that from. Oh,
0: that was very apparent. From Nobody photoshopped that away. Yeah,
1: where you have to be within earshot or be able to read his lips, which you can clearly read Ian Kinsler's lips in that clip.
0: So after the thing happened with Ian Kinsler, we saw Andy speak post yes. game before we saw Ian's.
1: So I found that very interesting Me because too. they had very different messages.
0: They sure did, and Andy, being the manager, whether anybody likes that or not. He is in that role that what, in my opinion, what he says is really like gospel, like it, because he knows what's going on with his team, uh-huh. and so like I, you could tell he was very taken aback by the fact that Kinsler reacted in a manner in which he did, and he, it looked like he genuinely thought that Ian really, there was an intent there.
1: Well, there wasn't any question about what he said. <clears throat> yeah. And I think there was – Andy needs to do damage control. He's supposed to be the face up front. You know that the reporters are in there. They're going to talk to the players. But Andy's the one that has to stand there and answer all the questions. Um, he can't just you know, tell everybody I'm done answering questions. You have a nice day. The players can do that. <clears throat> They can just say, I'm not talking and walk away. The manager's got to stand there and answer. And he's got to answer for his players. Mm -hmm. So by saying what he said that.
0: But he also didn't know that Kinsler was going to say what he said. No, he didn't. So Andy did. So Andy
1: said that Kinsler was frustrated. And that was the result of frustration. It was an Mm -hmm. outburst. Um, I I don't remember exactly what he said. He kind of made an
0: excuse for him.
1: Yeah.
0: But he didn't cover it up at all. No, not at all. That's that's what I was trying to get at too. Thank you.
1: But the what I find interesting is that that's what he was saying that he was frustrated and you know whatever. But then Kinsler, his message was different. That he did it to fire up the team, and this is for my team, for my teammates. Yeah,
0: that's what he said.
1: And he said something about we need to have the fans behind us, which I to me it seems like passing the buck that he's trying to he was
0: trying to pass off what he did onto something else or onto the someone. fans yes trying to
1: say it's the fans fault because they're not supporting him the way that he feels that the fans should and
0: then a lot of people were saying too well he's not on social media so he doesn't see anything okay well your teammates are so of course you're gonna see stuff they're gonna i'm sure they're gonna show them but i
1: i think i don't think it was because <laughs> of what social media was saying no, I don't, No, no, no. Padre's w- Twitter wants to own it and say, yeah, we got him. I don't think that's it at all. I no, think no, it's no. what he was hearing from behind the dugout, really.
0: That's not what I was saying. What I was going to say is because the next day, he was quoted as saying his daughter approached him and said, I, I forget exactly what she said, but dad, why is everybody mad at you?
1: Oh, I hadn't heard that.
0: Yeah. The next day... His 10-year-old daughter, and I don't even know who posted it now, so I can't even look for it. But there was a quote that it sounded like a light bulb went on, and he realized what he did because he lied at the post-game show. Oh, yeah. And when his daughter came up to him, his 10-year-old daughter, and was like, why do they not like you?
1: Yeah, so what kind of an example are you setting for your kid? Exactly.
0: And then I didn't even know he got fined until today.
1: Yeah, it just happened, I think, within the last day or two. Oh, okay. Okay, so... He realized that he's not setting a good example for his daughter, but what kind of example is he setting for the other players in that clubhouse?
0: The, the younger ones.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all younger. He's whatever, 34, 36, 37 years old, I don't even know, but most of the roster is under 30. Greg Garcia is the next oldest guy. I'm not counting the pitchers, but then Eric Cosmer's 27, Manny Machado's 26. Uh, Will Myers is right in that range. And then everybody else is 25 and younger. And you got all these guys, um, Ty France, um, I mean, obviously Tatis, that have much less experience. And this guy is supposed to show them what to do. And he's standing there yelling at the fans. And a professional doesn't do that.
0: No, not at all. Not even not even in a moment that they're upset. You know, yeah. that they've been pushed to the limit.
1: Yeah. So if he if, so instead of saying f all of you, mm-hmm. if he came up and said, "How do you like that? How do you like me now?" Something like that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but you know, that reminds me of there was a, a a quarterback for the Redskins, and his name is escaping me right now, but he wasn't good. He was doing. He was having a hard time, and then he went out there and had a great game. And there's a, a clip of him going through the the tunnel. Um, And the media is all right there. He's all, you like that? You like that? And something like that, I get it. He's like sticking it in their face. Yeah. Look at me now. Look what I just did. Yeah. But one play, you can't just one clutch home run doesn't define a season. Mm -hmm. He's still hitting one something. Well, even He's still messing up uh, plays in the field. He's still Mm -hmm. a poor base runner.
0: Even before that game, there was that one night. He did like three good things. Okay. And I can't remember exactly what it was that he had done, but I remember tweeting that I was like, oh, that's a middle finger right there from Kinsler to all the haters because I think he got a home run and I think he got a couple hits. And so then the next one I was like, oh, there's number two middle finger to all – the you know, I was just kind of playing with it.
1: Okay, so – Chris Paddock is already really good at taking bullets and board material and internalizing it and finding a way to motivate himself with Mm -hmm. it. So if Kinsler is going to use the way that the fans are talking about him as motivation to become better, that's that's what you want to do as a professional athlete. Uh, So the biggest way he can give the middle finger back to his critics is to go out there and perform.
0: Right. To hit that ball.
1: But he's not right now. He's hitting 188 so far on the season. You
0: know one of the most important parts of that night we forgot to mention? Hmm. After he hit that home run, what happened? I don't even remember. That bat flip was phenomenal.
1: Oh, that was. That was a fantastic bat That was awesome. (laughs) Okay, so that brings another thing to mind. Back when the World Baseball Classic was here in San Diego, he was on record for saying something about how the Latin players... They play different. They grow up. They their culture is different. Mm-hmm. That's not how we play baseball here. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, saying that the whole "let them play" movement of you know, bat flips and and exuberation and showing emotion out there that that's not part of his game. That's not okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it never was a part of the game I watched growing up, but it's just become a thing. It has in my baseball world.
1: So. One of the things I've enjoyed the most this season so far yes. is watching
0: these guys do the cane chop. Oh my God, I love it. They get
1: a hit, they look back at the dugout, big old cane chop, everybody's even, excited. Even the
0: pitching staff, like the pitchers are in on it. I mean, yeah. Chris Paddock's doing it too.
1: Yeah, um, it's a thing. And so and you've seen Kinsler do that a couple times.
0: Shoot. Geekster even had me do it at one of the meetups recently. <laughs> yes, she did. It was so much fun. Oh,
1: did you see uh, Maison's kid do the cane chop yeah, in a T-ball the game? chop. Oh, my God. The little baby <laughs> chop. That was so cute.
0: Um, so
1: these guys are showing emotion. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he goes out there and gives the bat a little flip. So that's just, okay, maybe Connor he's... Hunter
0: Renfro had a damn good one, too, recently. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh,
0: my God. that That... <laughs>
1: I love the gift that somebody made where it's like he throws the bat up and his hands go up in the air and this banner says said, Padres win Padre. and these birds go flying out. Oh, that's beautiful. They're doves. Yeah. Now,
0: little, um, doves of peace. I was actually I was just looking on uh Twitter because I was trying to look for that quote about his him talking to his daughter. And I came across this tweet, and it says, can't sleep because Ian Kinsler hasn't tucked me in and told me to fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And this was last night.
1: Who was that? uh, Who was that?
0: Captain Monty 55. I don't know him, but Jay Mendoza... Uh, looks like he uh, included you on that. Oh yeah, oh, he tagged
1: wait. me in it. Yeah, I, I like. I think I liked it and retweeted it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. But the, uh, the reaction on Twitter has been awesome, I and mean, it's been some good discourse, some really good discussions going back and forth. And people are on both sides. A lot of people seem to side with him. That yeah, if people are going to be critical, he has a right to say something. I just where where I can't under where I stop siding re- on that is that. It's just, you don't see professionals act like this. It's, I've
0: never it's seen. It's not adult I mean, behavior. I've seen players get mad and we were watching those videos mm-hmm. um, like Steve Bartman. Yeah. That was what? Back in 2003, I think. Uh-huh. Where he went to. I mean, and I think he was paying more attention to the ball knowing it was going to be. a. No, f-
1: no, Moise yeah. Alou was the player. Steve Bartman was the, the guy in the stands. Yeah.
0: No. And he was focused just like Alou. They were both focused on. On the ball. Oh yes, yes. So Alou didn't know if he was going to get it or not, but still, as an outfielder, you're going to try even in foul territory to get that ball. Sure. So Steve Bartman didn't realize, you know, that I think he was under the assumption that that ball was just not going to be playable mm-hmm. for Alou. So that's why he went and caught it, and Alou got really pissed at him. Well, and
1: what gets me about and that? and then
0: not only that, that poor man's life was wasn't it like oh yeah.
1: Yeah, and he couldn't show himself in Wrigley Field for fifteen years. That is just years.
0: horrible. That re- that's just it's horrible.
1: Well, what gets me about that is that if you watch the clip, everybody in that section was going for that ball. There were a dozen people whose hands were but going he toward happened there.
0: to be the guy.
1: He happened to be the guy that touched it.
0: Well, okay, so we also saw Joey Votto. Going to get a ball, too. Uh-huh. And right up in a front row, was, was he in right field or was he first base? First base. Okay. So he was going into foul territory doing the same thing. Uh-huh. And one of the Reds fans went to go catch the ball or he caught the ball. or no, it, the, the ball fell. Okay. But, but he tried to get it. He was
1: standing there and Votto bumped into him. Right. And the ball
0: fell. And then what did he do? He grabs the fan's shirt where it had the logo, the the team's logo, grabbed it towards himself and let it go in disgust. Uh-huh. That was so rude. I mean, he made it right later, but still, that doesn't. That's ugly. That does not look good on you, Joey.
1: Well, it, it doesn't, and that's why he went back. He. He wrote a note on the ball and went back and made it. It turned out to be a positive. And I
0: said that was totally cool. He made
1: a positive out of a negative.
0: What Ian did was ugly and Ian still hasn't made it right. And, you know, as a matter of fact, you showed me this morning. Apparently, he has baseball apparel in his name that he. He
1: is a co-owner of a bat company.
0: Right. And he's with Jack from the White Stripes. Jack White. Yeah. Yeah. And so they posted something Basically, it might as well have been a GoFundMe page, okay, Yeah. to help pay for Ian's fine, which I thought was complete bullshit yep. because this guy, like you said, is making $8 million over the next two years. Mm-hmm. If he couldn't afford $15,000 or whatever his fine ended up being, then he shouldn't have done what he did. Because he wasn't – obviously, he didn't think about suffering the consequences.
1: So I did some math to put that into perspective.
0: Yes, and I saw so a little bit. if
1: Ian Kinsler makes $4 million and that fine was $10,000, that is relative to if somebody makes $50,000 in a year and they get a fine for 125 bucks. So somebody gets a, spe- a speeding ticket is worse than that, mm-hmm. is more impactful on a person's life. Than than that to that person that makes fifty thousand dollars a year. So for Ian Kinsler, ten grand is almost pocket change. He can yeah. So it's not it's so for them to to do that, say oh we're gonna raise some funds to help pay for his fine. That was spitting in the face of baseball to me.
0: But you know what else didn't help Ian Kinsler? Huh? Was the night before.
1: What happened the night before?
0: Do you remember the game the night before?
1: I I there's he didn't been... play. He did not play?
0: He did not play.
1: Well, he's, he's been benched a few times.
0: But he was ejected. Oh, that's right. I knew you'd remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you ever was, find out what it was that he was chirping
1: about? He was. I'm sure he was chirping about balls and strikes. And it was, it was interesting. Maeda. So the, the umpire, you see the umpire turn to him and he says something and it's like, okay, we've had enough of that. And he kind of lets him say something and he goes, okay, okay, are we done? Are you done? And Ian Kinsler keeps on keeps on going, and that's when he gave him the finger. So it's like he gave him a chance to.
0: Wait, who gave who the finger? The, I'm sorry. Oh, the, the finger to eject the him.
1: umpire ran. Him. Yeah. I was gonna yeah.
0: say, wait, what?
1: Yeah, no, no. But he gave him a chance to say what he had to say and get it out and be done with it and move on. And he wouldn't. He just had to keep going on. And that's so. I I side with the umpire in that stance. That this is a, you're not in the game. You're out here just making a scene. You have a point to make. Okay, tell me what your point is and be done with it. And then let's keep on going like men. And no, you're just going to keep complaining? No. No sympathy for that.
0: Yeah, I really want to know. I really want to find that quote, but I don't know where it is.
1: I'd like to know what he said. So somebody pointed out an article. um, maybe, Maybe it was an article that just came out in the last couple of days where Ian referenced to experiences he's had in the past. And then somebody pointed out that he was basically run out of Boston because his performance in Boston... So let me point out, he was traded in the middle of the season last year from the Angels to the White Sox. Or I'm sorry, the Red Sox. And for the second half of that season, he hit 242 with a 294 on base and a three eleven slugging. Um, so his OPS plus was 64, which means... So 100 is average. Yep. That means he was... 36% below league average as far as OPS stat. And then also on defense, he wasn't the gold glove. He wound up winning a gold glove, but he wasn't that superlative defender out there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a proper replacement for Dustin Pedroya. And so the Boston fans gave him a really hard time. He also had a disastrous postseason.
0: Um, um, one moment, please. Yes. If you don't see his fingers... I don't care if it's not completely erect.
1: Oh, wow.
0: He is flipping off the fans.
1: I did not see that. Wow. You see this right okay. here? Here, let yep. me just make it a little. Okay. Bit. You have convinced me.
0: See that? Sh- Look.
1: That was a double bird.
0: Yep. He was flipping off the fans. I'm sorry. I did not mean to interrupt what you were saying. Oh, no. that's
1: You proved a great point right there. Yeah. I mean. Ha- so he was run out of Boston. Uh-huh. This, this behavior has been seen before and now his performance this year is right in line with it. His OPS plus is 62. So this year he's 38% worse than the average player. And it's not like he's all of a sudden getting on a roll and I'm going to show you all that I can play again. He had one good play and that's enough to drop an F bomb at everybody.
0: Not at all. But you know, you know what kind of that blew me away. That bothered me the most out of the whole situation, but what else bothered me were the fans that were condoning what he did was okay.
1: I don't understand that.:
0: I don't either.
1: It's not okay and if you're to say that. It's right okay now. to be upset and angry at the fans. Yeah. I get that. Yeah,
0: but if you're listening right now and you agree that what he did was was okay and it, it, it was right, please explain to me why. Because, and what I, it's hard to portray on Twitter in 140 characters over words, how you feel without it being misconstrued. What I wanted to know is he's a human being. Why would we taunt him to get him to that point? But why would he feel it's okay to lash out at those people who don't matter? Because if they're going to come into your ballpark where you're doing your job and they're going to tell you how bad you are at it, over and over and over again, you should completely ignore them, at least try to, because what's the saying? That you kill them with kindness.
1: Oh, that's that's my way.
0: But also, silence is golden. So, you know, by being quiet, that would have said more. But I get the fact that he's a human being and that's got to hurt. That would have bothered me. But that was really, really bad. He flipped everybody off.
1: So I... I'm, I'm going to single somebody out here who has been a friend of yours in the past who defended, who's been vocal on, on Twitter defending mm-hmm. what Kinsler did. Uh, Philip at San oh, Diego yeah. PDP. Um, he actually has changed his profile picture to a picture of Ian Kinsler. It looks like he's throwing a fish full of sunflower seeds in his mouth. And his banner is the Boston Red Sox now.
0: Oh, he's a bo- he's a – I believe he's a Red Sox fan also. Is he? Okay. I think so.
1: Well, he says, I have zero problem with what Kinsler said, and I don't get why people are getting so butthurt about it. And he and I wound up having an exchange, um, and you, we just – it's clear that we have diverging opinions. So he would be a good person to to engage in because he's a very – he's a civil person. He's rational. He's good at explaining himself so I, he would be a good person to talk to. I, he was referencing his experience in the restaurant business and treatment that he's had mm-hmm. from employees and from customers yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, but I, 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 what it comes back to for me, I wouldn't walk into my office. If I walked into my office and stood up on a cubicle desk and said, F you, F all of you, and sat back down and tried to go about my job.
0: And they are supposed to understand that you're just trying to get them fired up.
1: Oh, don't worry about that. That's just Roy. He's, he's Roy doesn't he's been do that. But he's just trying out.
0: to get us fired up to do our jobs better.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's not Steve Ballmer of Microsoft getting up on the stage and screaming at everybody. It's a whole different. Th- I I don't understand how that's supposed to motivate. If anything, that generates a a rift between the players and the fans.
0: Yeah. So we went to the game the next day, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel I had tweeted. I was very upset, and I said. Ian Kinsler's not on my team. Nobody on my team acts like that. And even if they wanted to, they don't I've never seen a Padre act in such a manner as he did. So I wasn't going to cheer for him, but I also wasn't going to boo him. I mean, if he did good, okay, fine, I'll I'll cheer for him. But I did delete my tweet, which I got flack for either way. That's just another story. But I, you know, he is on my team. I have to support him. However, what he did was very uncalled for and very rude, especially being a brand new person to this team. I found the I found the article uh about what I was saying about his daughter. hmm And the title of the article is Ian Kinsler Regrets Actions After Home Run. Okay. Okay. So he, he didn't he regretted it after the fact.
1: So this is written by Jay Paris on MLB dot com.
0: Yeah, and this was published on Friday. Okay. So it says, Padre's second baseman, Ian Kinsler, answered all the questions from the media before Friday's game with the Pirates, but only after a long talk with someone in his family. Quote, unquote, when you get a call from your 10-year-old daughter asking you what happened and why you did that, you got to explain it. It's difficult. And this is actually a longer version than what I saw. And then it continues to say, Kinsler said, but at the same time, that's the way I play the game and I'm not going to bury my emotions or my passion. Huh. So, by saying, fuck you, and flipping off your fans, you're expressing your emotion in a correct manner?
1: Okay. I'm curious to see what he says later on here, because so far he hasn't said anything about that it's inappropriate to do that.
0: I was in a moment. I was in the moment, and I was trying to fire up my teammates and keep them going. After thinking about it for a day, it's not how I want to act on the field.
1: Okay. And that's... that's no, the, the okay. article continues on. There's
0: more. I think in all cases, what we've done from a disciplined perspective- Oh,
1: this, this is, is Andy, Andy Green. Green. Okay.
0: Uh, Throughout the years that I've been here and in most ballparks, that's not something we're going to share with you guys at any point in time. It's just not a story for the public consumption. Okay.
1: So, he's saying that whatever happened-
0: They're not going to divulge the information. It stays in the clubhouse.
1: I, okay. That's fair.
0: Um. But he just continues to talk about, he said the appearance is not the appearance that we want in this potter's organization, which is completely true because this shit has never happened. No. But Ian Kinsler has added, I regret using the profanity out in front of everybody like that. I've been struggling and to get a big hit like that was an emotional jolt. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But you also had the opportunity the night before this article was written and you were interviewed for it. To correct what happened and say I exactly what he I just said he you know he said but instead he was surprised that the fans were upset by what he did and yeah. he didn't realize and he and his response is okay
1: yeah did did you know that some of the fans out there thought that that was directed towards them okay uh, okay
0: I, he should just said okay cool
1: so what that tells <laughs> me is that so Andy Green was out in front trying to do damage control but. In between when the outburst happened and the interviews, the post game interviews, there was never a discussion between Andy Green and Ian Kinsler. No, it was
0: like one went to one room and one one went to the other place, and so they didn't converse at all.
1: Yeah, where mm-hmm. I I would I would think so. If this was my job and I needed to go back to the customer and explain what happened, my manager would get with me first and say, "Well, this is."
0: That's an appropriate manner in which to go about things, yeah, so
1: i i' I've, I've been a defender of Andy Green. I tend to be you know on his I'm team Andy Green for the most part, but I wonder if there was a lack of communication in this case so it, it's, it's I would think that as soon as he gets off, you know cools off after the home run, and you have the next chance on offense to pull the guy aside and say, "Hey, let's talk about what just happened." before the locker room and the media has access to during the game yeah so So you got plenty of time between them yes even after the game you might call him into the manager's office with the door closed i need to talk to you before you talk to anybody
0: right and so this actually you actually brought up the segue into what i what why i said i want to record so when you brought up the tweet about ron fowler going to the clubhouse
1: yes earlier today
0: yeah my mind you know cuz my mind goes off on tangents i started thinking oh cuz somebody said that andy's going to get fired so i was like okay is that maybe is that why he really went because why would he go
1: no i'm i'm the one that said that because i said no
0: and i saw people tweet ron tweeting.
1: fowler fires andy green well i saw that and too, hires yeah. ian kinsler to be the new manager right
0: but so i all these things started popping up into my head so i wanted to ask you in that moment which i'm going to ask you now how do you feel about Andy Green as the manager?
1: He's he's clearly on a hot seat this year. His contract runs This for, year? Yeah. His he con- was
0: last year. He
1: was last year too, yeah. But until he's until he's no longer in that seat, that seat is hot. Yep. And I think
0: it's pretty full of lava right now. Oh,
1: it's gotta be. Yeah. I mean, there's hot talent lava in the in the dugout. Some of it's on the DL right now or the IL, I'm sorry. Uh, But no, he's, he's definitely on the hot seat, mm-hmm. and he needs to prove this year that he can take a team comprised of a bunch of young players and a handful of key veterans and do something with them.
0: So the season started, and the lineups were pretty good. Okay. Would you agree?
1: For the most part.
0: Yeah. But then Tati's got hurt. He's been on the, the IL for more than 10 days now, has he not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. I really hope there's not something else going on that they're not telling us about. So
1: the the one complaint that I would have, so people point out that hedges can't hit very well. Mm -hmm. Mejia wasn't hitting very well. Austin Allen hasn't been able to hit since he's been called up. So Cal Okay, and
0: Austin Allen just got here.
1: Yeah. Okay. But he's had he's had a sample of at bats and he hasn't done much. Even though the guy can hit, it's just it takes a while for a player to to get
0: acclimated. It
1: does. Um, and we see that with Ty France and Alex Dickerson's been struggling. Centerfield field man, while Margot hasn't uh, been great. You forgot
0: Urias too. Sorry.
1: Yeah, but Ian Kinsler has consistently led off, and it made sense on opening day because throughout spring training, Ian Kinsler was the on base percentage guy.
0: That was though in the one or two spot, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. in the number one spot. Ian Kinsler, I I should pull up the stats right now, but he's led off more than anybody else on this team, Mm -hmm. and it's not even close.
0: But if he's not leading off, he's been in the number two spot, right?
1: He's been at the top of the order.
0: Yeah. Pretty much
1: every day that he's been playing. Right. Which, if there, So Greg Garcia hasn't been hitting great, but he gets on base a ton. He draws a lot of walks, and he's been getting the job done. Ian Kinsler, your other second baseman... Has not been doing either. He's not drawing walks. He's just going up there, flailing away like half the rest of the the lineup. Yeah. All but three players have been pretty much strikeout machines.
0: And it's been really hard to watch lately that second base spot because Mm -hmm. defensively, they haven't been. I mean, I watched Garcia, I think two or three balls went past him today. Yeah, there were a couple of plays. Or anything like that. But. Well, I, you heard
1: me make the comment that Luis gets to that. That would have got it, yeah. Cuz <laughs> in my mind, Luis Reyes has the potential to be a premium defender at short at second base.
0: But he was up for a little bit and he proved that he wasn't ready. True. And they sent him back down and annihilated Triple-A.
1: Yep, and he's continuing to annihilate Triple-A. However,
0: trip, there's a difference between Triple-A and the Major League.
1: Jose Perella has an OPS that's over 1000 right now. He is <laughs> like, destroying Yes. PCL. So
0: if that doesn't <laughs> tell you. So I mean, what you
1: call up Jose Perella and
0: <laughs> he might not do so good. <laughs>
1: no, he's he's getting, We know who Jose Perella is.
0: Yeah, I mean, but we also know who Ian Kinsler is, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not for him, and I'm not against him. He's on my team. I support him. Mm-hmm. It's just those actions that you know not a lot of people talk about this part of of the game, and it was it. It's interesting to me to see all these people's re you know everyone's reactions. Good, bad, and indifferent because I'm sitting here and just what's blown my mind the most is to see people thinking that what he did was fine. And it was, it was, it wasn't uncalled for. It was totally, it was all right.
1: (laughs) It was okay.
0: (laughs) It was okay. Okay, cool. (laughs) I
1: I think it was 5.5 Dan that I saw said that he doesn't, what bothers him isn't that Ian Kinsler is on the roster. It's that he's starting every day. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I The fact that Rias is tearing it up in AAA, it, it's, it's clearly frustrating because we've been looking forward to this middle infield of Tatis and Rias for a long time. And it looked like this year we were finally going to get it. Rias was struggling. He got sent down. We don't know what he was sent down to work on. I don't know if it was mechanics, approach, whatever. It was clear that he was not comfortable in the box at the major league level. Uh, I don't know how many reps he needs in AAA to, to find his mojo and to fix whatever it was they sent him down there to fix, but as long as we've got Ian Kinsler out there batting below 200 and questionable defense now, I I, I have a hard time, and it's, it's going to be frustrating. Everybody's going to be frustrated. Even the most casual fans now know that there's this kid down in AAA that's supposed to be our second baseman of the future, and here's this second baseman that's getting paid a bunch of money that flipped off the whole fan base and he's not doing very well.
0: Yeah, so uh, someone posted the clip of Ian Kinsler post postgame um, and Danny quoted and retweeted it as saying, you know, if he just came out and admitted that he was frustrated and got caught up in the moment, I'd have a little more respect for him. He doesn't need to lie. Nobody's buying it. It is completely true. Oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, to sit there and deny it and then everybody knows that you're lying, that doesn't look good on him. He's got the egg on his face and now his credibility, the little bit he may have had with us, is gone. Except for those ones that feel like his actions were completely okay.
1: Yeah, I still don't know how you look at that and think that it's okay, but that's true. He lied. He straight up lied because you can't tell me that that was just to fire up the teammates. You don't, it's not a middle finger to the fans with eye contact up into the stands.
0: Yes. He wasn't looking at his teammates saying, fuck all of you, trying to get them pumped up to do good. True. He wasn't. Well, and unless. Even when he was in the dugout, he wasn't looking at any of them saying the same thing.
1: The only context that that would make any sense to me is if. Everybody in the clubhouse is sitting there going, These fans hate us. These fans are tearing us apart. I can't believe that that's what's happening. Because the, the fans in San Diego, you've got good baseball fans. We've been down behind that dugout. It's full of people that are good hearted, long time baseball fans. Yeah, and, and he they're directed gonna cheer it at for their everybody. Players. And so, yeah, you've got the people that boo, but there's still enough applause out there that, hey, you suck but we want you to do well. So go out there and give it your best shot. I, I, I can't believe that they're getting that kind of response Where the whole dugout is sitting there saying they hate us and we need to show them.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And, um, I don't know what's going to happen from here, but what I do know right now is, I mean, maybe Ron Fowler just wanted to say, Hey guys, great series. You sucked. I mean, I don't know. Cause we lost to the pirates, Um, and we won a game barely. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: you know, he has strong feelings about how the team should be run, what the players should be doing. And he's not afraid to get in front of a microphone and say it. I
0: no, not at all. I
1: feel like he's done that too often in his tenure, but regardless,
0: maybe he had to go to the bathroom and the clubhouse was the closest spot for him to go.
1: Sure. (laughs) 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 I'll, I'll, I'll let, I'll let you run with that theory. Uh, He was probably going down there just trying to have a conversation to say, look, this is what we expect from you. This is how we expect you to interact with our fans. Um, Maybe there was some baseball talk about it because the Padres, I think they're now leading the lead in strikeouts and last in the league in walks. Mm -hmm. So everything about their plate discipline is just
0: awful. They were doing really good. And
1: that was highlighted during the Dodgers series because they're one of the best in the league at that, at working the count getting deep into counts, fouling pitches off, getting a good pitch to hit, drawing a lot of walks, situational hitting, and then you look at the Padres, and it's just, they're trying to pull everything, they're trying to crush everything, and Will Myers' at-bats for the last month have just been painful to watch. Well,
0: what are you, okay, so speaking of...
1: Today's at-bat, he crushed one up the left field line, and everybody got excited, and it was 10 feet foul. Yeah. And then he drew a walk, which to his credit... And they got picked off at first base. Yep.
0: What do you think of Cal Quantrill, though? So we saw him that first opening weekend in El Paso. He's had two starts here. I think ne- this
1: is his third one.
0: He's had two here.
1: I think today was number three. But anyway.
0: Oh, oh, because he was up here a little longer. And yep. that, okay. Regardless, the first one he had up here and today, they weren't, I, I didn't see anything great about it.
1: His. He's stumbled out of the gates in pretty much every start. His yeah. first inning has been rough. Yeah. And there are a lot of pitchers that, I mean, Johnny Cueto comes to mind that his long, very successful pitcher always struggled in the first inning. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing that a lot of guys have. Uh, but he's young. He's okay. a rookie.
0: So, what about the fact then that uh, Nick was sent to not triple A? Nick was sent to double A. Uh huh. So, that means Cal's here. Yeah. So, what do you think that means?
1: So that may mean that Cal might wind up taking Nick's spot in the rotation, but I do still think that the Padres, so they've been on the download. They've been running a six man rotation without really saying it. Yeah. So you've got the five guys that have been in the rotation this whole time until Nick Mergavich just got sent down, but they called up, um, they called up Pedro Avila when the team had a long stretch of consecutive games and they did that. To push back the starts of Chris Paddock and Matt Strom one more day. Right. And that made it a sixth day of rest.
0: Yeah. Which I'm really upset because we should have seen Chris today because we had tickets too. Well, but. And now he's. He's pitching tomorrow, and we can't go.
1: If he would have pitched today, he would have been pitching on a fifth on five days of rest. No, I
0: know. I'm just saying. I'm being selfish. Because I understand. I love watching Chris pitch.
1: Yeah, and we. I'm sorry that I have a benefit golf tournament to go play in tomorrow it, with a dinner afterwards. It that is an is important a big deal. Yes, for me and my family.
0: It's just once a year, so yeah. we'll see. We've already seen Chris pitch what three times <laughs> this season,
1: and we'll get to see him pitch more. Yeah, I know. So. If he'd been on his regular schedule and start on the fifth day today, that would have been the first time in his professional career that he would have pitched on five days of rest. Oh, okay. So they've been doing this throughout. They've called Cal up twice now for the same thing. There's a stretch of consecutive games. And for whatever reason, the scheduling, they can wedge a start in and push everybody back. So I think we're going to see this. Now, Nick got sent down. He has to stay down for 10 days and then he can be recalled.
0: So Cal will probably pitch a couple more times.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd have to look at the schedule and because I tried to break this down and make some sense out of it. Uh, But then there are other options. Logan Allen has started pitching really well in AAA and we'd love to see him come up.
0: It was a really slow start for him.
1: He might get the next shot. And whoever, if, if they can move somebody off the roster and it opens up a spot on the 40 man. He might be the guy that starts getting these.
0: I'm letting you know right now, if he comes up, we're not missing that game.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Just making sure. And we're I fair. also
1: know where we're going out after the game.
0: We sure do. Yes. Yes. Uh,
1: uh, and then, so, but on top of that, you also have Denelson Lemet that has been pitching rehab games in, in Peoria, mm-hmm. and he's been looking really good pitching multiple innings. Uh, Miguel Diaz has been pitching multiple innings in the minors now.
0: And I have one I'd like to throw in there. Huh. We've lost Anderson Espinoza again.
1: We have. Yeah, I was trying to stay on the bright side, but yeah, yeah, we lost Anderson Espinoza to the second Tommy John surgery.
0: And isn't Morejon, isn't he hurt?
1: He's, I think he's now made two appearances since okay. coming back. One or two appearances.
0: But let's go back to the bright side. Yes. Uh, Mackenzie.
1: Mackenzie Gore has been crushing it. Yeah. So I don't know if I've, I'm hoping that we get a chance to see another start of his up in Lake Elsinore, but he's got to be moving on to double A pretty soon.
0: You said that because he just pitched uh, last weekend, I think. Saturday, You yeah. said that he's hit, listen, all of, hit all of his starts so far.
1: Oh, no, no. He's given up a couple of hits in each start.
0: You said there was a stat.
1: The last few starts, hes I don't think he's allowed to run.
0: Okay, that might be what it was.
1: And then in each one, he gives up like two or three hits, strikes out seven or eight guys, might issue a walk or two.
0: I have to say that Chris and Matt have kind of uh, spoiled me because- With them getting like, you know, what, between 7 and 11 strikeouts in a game, Uh I expect the high strikeout rate from them. And so to not see that from the other pitchers is like, well, Chris and Matt can do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the other guys aren't quite made the same way. Joey Lucchese gets a lot of swings and misses, but Eric Lauer... And Nick Borgavich's soft tossing lefties that rely on location and deception. Joey's
0: a great pitcher. I love watching Joey. Eric, he's been kind of up and down.
1: Yeah, but he's been, he's been the steady, the steady Eddie guy. Lucchese, if anything, he's been the up and down one. He'll go out there and look great. And then he'll go out and give up four or five runs in an inning. So, but the soft tossing guys, they pitch to contacts. They don't rack up the strikeouts, but what you were saying about Matt and particularly about Chris. So Chris Paddock, came back from Tommy John surgery and immediately just started shredding up everybody in his path. And that is so unusual. So what he did last year in 90 innings split between Lake Elsinore and San Antonio, which are double A affiliates now in Amarillo, what he did last year is remarkable. And for him to come and step into a major league rotation and continue to dominate and not just pitch well, but he's been dominant in Pretty much all of his starts. He's had a couple so-so starts, but even those, he's kept the team in the game. He hasn't had a blow-up yet. It's unusual for a player to ascend like that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he just did what he did, now everybody's looking at Mackenzie Gore. Like, okay, you're in Lake Elsinore, you're going to move up to Amarillo. Maybe we can rely on seeing you next year. Maybe you're going to be our opening day starter next year. It's like, whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes a little bit. People were say, were expecting Anderson Espinosa to be on the same kind of schedule. He was, he was scheduled, he was projected to be on the same kind of of innings limit, pitch count limit, the same kind of rehab schedule, but you can't just expect that somebody's going to come back from an ex, a. a very invasive surgery, mm-hmm. and sometimes these guys have cadaver tendons.
0: I just also spliced
1: didn't... into their or ligaments spliced into their UCL. It's it's a yeah, it's a major surgery.
0: I just also didn't expect him to have to have surgery again. Nobody but did. I was so happy though that I got to see this the myth uh, actually pitch in spring training. So like that was cool. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> We uh, got to see
1: him, but I, and he was, he was looking good. We saw the breaking ball look sharp. The fastball had life. He didn't seem to have command on anything, but it was his first time facing live batters in a game situation. So you can't expect greatness He's okay. He got through the thing. He looked good. He's healthy. He feels fine. All right. That's a step in the right direction. And these were all baby steps, but then he went out. I think he faced one batter and they pulled him off the field and that was it. He was done. And now he's done for probably a year and a half, at least again.
0: Yeah. It, I just, you know, I, I had just wanted to talk about it because not that I wanted to add more fuel to the fire or beat a dead horse even more. But I just kind of wanted to open that dialogue with you. And more than anything, I really wanted to know what you thought about Andy. If you, if you think he's going to get fired. I mean.
1: He very well could.
0: Well, yeah, and there's when, always that possibility. And when I heard
1: that Ron Fowler was going into the dug into the clubhouse, yeah. that thought definitely occurred to me that maybe something is going to happen. Rod Barajas is right there. He's he doesn't have any major experience as a major league manager, but he's got tons of experience managing in the minors, and well, he's and been he's up managed long a
0: championship team there. Yeah, it's different here. I get it. But true. Um, you know, uh, some to lose. Three of four games to the Pirates? Ugh, yes. Was that good or bad in your opinion? Oh, that's awful. Okay. I just want to make sure. No,
1: I don't want to make it sound like the Pirates are a team that the Padres should just walk over. No, not at all. But they've struggled on offense. They haven't had a whole lot of power at the plate. And then this series, all of a sudden, they're hitting dingers all over the place. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you've got the Padres that have shown some power and shown the ability on offense and they're just going to strike out, strike out, strike out, strike. It's, and then you've got a couple of, of – uh, two guys got picked off today. And the defense who, isn't looking great.
0: And then there was a pinch hit situation at the end of the game. And who uh, did Andy bring in?
1: Well, Fran Mill Reyes.
0: Nope. He and, didn't end up Ian Kinsler
1: did. That's right. Fran Mill never did wind up betting. He came and out. It was not, in, he was in the on-deck circle. And
0: I'm not talking about Kinsler either. Hedges came in to pinch hit.
1: Oh, yeah. In Why? The,
0: Why? Why would you do that?
1: Well he'd already i think he'd already used Fran mill
0: I think he was Fran mill didn't come up though because when he was coming up to bat
1: it was the end of an inning,
0: yeah, and Erlen came back in
1: Erlen came back in right now I'm, and now I'm when it to was the, the picture spot
0: again, it was Kinsler mm-hmm. so he didn't use Fran mill
1: he did use Fran mill he pinched it for Alex Dickerson.
0: Okay, so that was a different situation. Yeah,
1: and then Brad Wick came in. Yeah, so last yeah, you know, the last spot and Austin Allen's spot was coming up and he pinch hit with Hedges and he struck out on three pitches to end the game.
0: And what is Austin Hedges' um average?
1: He's hitting one sixty two.
0: Okay. So is that because of the pitcher that was pitching? Is why you would put in a one sixty two batter?
1: Well, I mean Austin Allen hits lefty, Austin Hedges hits righty. And so Mejia if you've is got a left-handed pitcher in there, then in theory, you'd be at a disadvantage having a left-handed batter, lefty-lefty.
0: And Mejia is on the IL. Sorry, I didn't mean to say DL. Correct. It's still getting used to it.
1: Yeah, on, and Mejia is a switch hitter, but with hedges, Mejia is batted exclusively left-handed.
0: So if you put in a pinch hitter, it has to be a person that plays that position that has to, because then that means they're coming into the game.
1: Well, either that, or he's just a pinch hitter, and and then you sub him out immediately on defense, and you can't use that player again for the rest of the of the game. Yeah, right. So one way or another, I mean, it's he was in he was in a rock between a rock and a hard spot. Um, Nobody was left on his bench. Hedges was his last bench player. Yeah. So I don't know what other options he had.
0: So we have the Diamondbacks coming into town tomorrow. Yeah. Chris is pitching. Yes. Is he pitching against Kershaw?
1: Uh, no, Diamondbacks. So oh, I I'm sorry. I meant Granky. Granky, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Weaver. Luke Weaver.
0: Oh, <laughs> Jared Weaver's what came to my mind, but I knew it wasn't him.
1: You know what comes to mind for me is Phyllis Weaver from UHF. Have you seen UHF, the Weird Al Yankovic movie? Yeah. There was is a Phyllis scene. A boy. Wheel of Fish. There was a game <laughs> show that they had, Wheel of Fish, uh-huh. and the contestant's name was Phyllis Weaver. Wow. Oh, Phyllis Weaver. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> what comes to my mind. That's my weird brain. Yeah, right. So in summary, Ian Kinsler was completely out of line by doing what he did.
0: In our opinion. In
1: our opinion. <laughs> the the fans that are oh, that are overly critical of them, they might not have a proper understanding of what it's like to be a professional player, and do what he tries to do.
0: They just assume because they're in that position that they should do good. You know, and to
1: go off on another tangent here, I know I was trying to wrap it up, but I had a a DM conversation with, with a friend of mine, Steve. No, Scott. I'm sorry. Scott. And about trolls. And this guy was getting all worked up about what somebody was saying. And you've got keyboard warriors that can hide behind a profile that there's a certain layer of anonymity that twitter that social media allows people to have that you're not face to face with a person there's no immediate consequence for the things that you say and there are people that use outlets like twitter as a, a an opportunity for them to take out their frustrations in their own lives through other people, so by inflaming somebody and getting them all ticked off and saying outlandish things just to just to rile them up
0: or to make them do better,
1: <laughs> no no, I'm saying just like fan to fan,
0: oh, gotcha. The, the Twitter
1: trolls that we see out there, yeah, yeah, that they're just out there trying to to take out their own self-hatred through other people
0: I just. It's
1: sick and it's disgusting, but that's what a lot of people do. So I tried to just – I told him to imagine the 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 weakest, most worthless person you could picture and then put yourself in their shoes and that's what they're trying to accomplish by, by firing you up and it, by yeah. responding to them. That gives them more ammunition to feel good about themselves, which is really a sick thing.
0: It's sad and pathetic.
1: That's why I go to the – kill them with kindness approach. And
0: we've given them more airtime than they need.
1: This is true. Yes. But we haven't mentioned them by name.
0: Not at all. There's too many. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably miss somebody, and that wouldn't be fair to them. So, <laughs> Yes. Um, What I'd like to say, though, just one thing about that, is that I feel like the women of Padres Twitter are not given a fair shake in some situations. Okay. And it's like the good old boys club is, uh, quote-unquote, for lack of a better word, word or term it's like we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't and while some they they act like our opinion is important they say otherwise in a, a roundabout way and it's not okay you know i'm allowed to have feel the way i do about my team i should be able to say what i want to say and not without reprimand whether it's physically or not physically whether it's a tweet directed at me or you're going to go and use keywords that I've said and put that out there into Twitter and you and your little friends are going to sit there and I'll make fun of that, knowing that that was meant towards me. Those were the boys that I hated in school Mm -hmm. because they had nothing better to do than to talk about other people.
1: There's definitely kind of a locker room mentality. Yes. There's a a mob kind of a thing that, they 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 like they smell blood in the water and then people go on yeah. a frenzy and they, they it gets ugly.
0: That's why it bothers me because I I don't feel like I ever say anything that's so mean and directed towards someone or make, to make fun of them because we're all human beings and I know I keep saying that. Can't but, we all just get along? But I think we've all failed to remember that. Mm-hmm. I mean nine eleven. It That was a time in my life that I'll never forget because for once in my life, the whole war, our whole country got along, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, sure. obviously we didn't all get along, but it just, there was a camaraderie in the country mm-hmm. and that's not what it's like. So not on Padre's Twitter.
1: I was, there was a time that I was working in Washington, DC. I had a job and they sent me there for a couple of months And uh, Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart Mm -hmm. had a rally and they called it the, like the rally to restore peace slash sanity or something like that. And it was on the Capitol lawn on the, on the, in the middle of the mall. And there were hundreds of thousands of people that came down. And so I took the Metro down just to go walk around. And I felt so inspired because there were people from all different walks Mm -hmm. of life. There were protesters with every cause but what drew us all down there was that we're Americans, we're proud of our country, we're proud of the, the, the people that we are, and we're grateful for the freedoms that we have, that we can be here and disagree with each other. Uh, and we're, we're fed up with a lot of the hatred and dissent that we see. And that- uh, but that, that was 10 years ago, and since then, it's gotten worse. It's, it's sad. It so is when we go to a Padres game, and we're all Padres fans. I've had some some clashes with people for political reasons, or for like social social reasons. You like people have culture clashes, yeah. but we can still high five each other because we're fans of the same team, mm-hmm. and set that aside and have a civil conversation about Tony Gwynn versus.
0: Some take it too far. People do, and. They don't let up, they don't apologize. It's what who they are, but you know I'm not here to to say that I'm perfect because I'm not nobody is but some tend to feel like what their shit don't stink, I'll just say it like like it is sure, um, but anyway i you know it's just like what Ian Kinsler did it was uncalled for, and you lied. And, you know, about why you did it. And then you backtrack. You've lost credibility. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you make that up. It's not with home runs, in my opinion. But No.
1: You you lie, and then how do you earn that trust back?
0: Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, I could only imagine that if, like, the Padres had a, you know, an autograph session... Oh well, we can't put Ian there because I'm pretty sure that fans don't want to see him today because of what just happened. Yeah, you know. Um,
1: well, and that's to me that's probably what Ron Fowler went down there to talk to them about that we need to maintain a relationship with the fans. That but they're the some, ones that the fans that bought those tickets are helping pay for those salaries.
0: However, those fans that bought those tickets, or maybe they were even given the tickets, it's not okay. To buy a ticket, and just because you used your money to get it does not give you a free ticket to do what they do.
1: Sure. It's not okay. No, you still need to behave like an adult. There are kids sitting in the section. Yeah. You know, you need to, but so it it stinks all around. Yeah. So I just, I hope that, that Ian Kinsler can learn a lesson from this. Unfortunately, I don't see the fans changing—at least not at any time soon.
0: They want instant gratification.
1: They do something, and goes they got wrong. the reaction.
0: Yes, they something goes wrong. Okay, well, we need Urias. Something goes wrong. Tatis needs to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if something—it's just—it's the boy who cried wolf or the girl who cried wolf. <laughs> you know, it's—it's just—it's never. It's never going to change, but it's still not easy to to listen to or well, to read.
1: It'll change when the team starts winning again.
0: Yeah, okay. The However, first couple
1: weeks of the season when the team was going gangbusters and Tatis was tearing it up and Machado was doing great, Kinsler still wasn't hitting worth a but lick. But there
0: were still people complaining.
1: But it wasn't nearly as vocal. Oh, It wasn't yeah. as overwhelming. And so those talks get drowned out. Right now, the team's losing. It's frustrating. And... People need an outlet to take out their frustration. So some people go to Twitter and say nasty things, and people rally behind them and say, yeah, I agree with these nasty things. Some people stand up in the stands and start yelling stuff out at the players, and what do you know? There's other people in that same section that pile on to it. It's ugly. But what solves all of that is winning.
0: That's like um, the Dodgers series. The first game on that Friday night, there were some po- Dodgers fans in our section, but there was that one Padre fan that by the end of the night, and who knows how many drinks later, he was sitting there yelling at the bullpen. He and was yelling ye- at Doug Bockler. And he was yelling at Doug. And I that, I crossed the line. That that just, that, that crosses all lines. To me,
1: he was worse than any of the Dodgers he fans was. in the section. He the was. Dodgers fans were actually pretty cool.
0: And I even said something to him. hmm uh, Because... That's not okay. No, it's not. Doug isn't making them pitch the way that they're pitching. He can guide them.
1: Yeah. Padres <laughs> were up 3-0. The bullpen went in, gave up four runs. So that's it Doug's happened. fault, right? That's, that's <laughs> baseball. And yeah, the bullpen's been struggling. But so it's, yeah, because the Dodgers fans, they were, they were talking smack. They were having a good old time, but everything was, was friendly, you know? It, there was a, It was a good back and forth. We're all joking with each other. But then this kid starts crying, You cost us the game, you blew it, we had a three nothing leave. Coach,
0: lead coach.
1: Yeah, what a that that kid is that that's not representative of what our fan base is. So anyway.
0: Well, thanks for listening. Sorry we've been uh M I A so much, but you know, I I think
1: what we need is for you to get fired up about something and say, God dang it, (laughs) we need to record a podcast right now.
0: Well, you know, Roy and Donovan are recording Friars on the Farm uh, pretty much every week. So you need to Mm -hmm. go check them out, talk about the minor league teams. and And
1: Angela and Lydia Lurie are doing the Hells Bells thing almost as often as we're doing the Friars on the Farm thing. And you guys have a pretty good thing going. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, you know. Well, we have a pretty good thing going. We have
1: a great thing going.
0: <laughs> um, but, but thanks for taking time to sit and chat with me. Of course. <laughs> uh, and thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Angela at Bullpen Babe.
1: I'm Roy at Zippy underscore TMS.
0: All right. And we're working the count. Bye. Bye. And,